phrase all the time. It sets the table for A, B, or C. Sets the table means open space for the Holy Spirit to work among us in this dynamic ball of the table. This is why the table's been central to the Christian faith since day one. Dinner Church is a simple and powerful approach to church where food, friendship, and the stories of Jesus are shared around a dinner table. New Dinner Church congregations are starting all over North America. The Dinner Church podcast is creating a space for conversation with Dinner Church pastors, leaders who are already a part of what God is doing through Dinner Church in North America. I'm Heather and I love Dinner Church. Although I serve at a thriving church, I felt the tug to get out of the regular Sunday morning routine to bring the good news of Jesus's kingdom to new places. Dinner Church has been a revolutionary experience for me, my team, and for our congregation. And I want you to get a glimpse of what is happening in this inspiring movement. Join us as we listen in and learn more about how to launch and lead a dinner church. When I was starting out as a dinner church pastor, one of the main concerns that I had was how we would disciple the people in this new kind of church. Today, I'm having a rich conversation with David Fitch, who is able to describe exactly how discipleship works in a dinner church setting. We cover a wide range of concepts as they relate to the dinner church movement. Things like the importance of listening and the circles of life and how we as longtime followers of Jesus can change our own thinking and our approach to church and discipleship. Join us for this inspiring conversation. Well, hey there, everyone. So with us today, we have David Fitch, who has done a whole lot of writing about the different spaces where we can be church together and also how these spaces differ from what Americans are traditionally used to as the church experience. We've invited David to talk with us today because he has a lot of wisdom in the kinds of practices that form us spiritually as a people, including discipleship around a dinner table. So good morning, David. It is great to have you here. Well, uh, good morning to you and uh, uh, good to be here and good to be here with fresh expressions and all the things uh, you all and we all are doing. Amen. All right. Well, why don't we just start by letting you introduce yourself, introduce yourself and kind of in a nutshell, tell us who you are, what you do and what your approach to ministry is like. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I'm a church planter. I think I'm in my eighth different church plant. Not that I've led every one of those church plants, but I love planting, uh, churches for the kingdom. I am a professor. Uh, it's a long story, but I got a PhD when I was sorting out my life in my thirties, trying to figure out how to engage a culture that was extremely hostile and difficult for mm. to live in. So I'm a professor of culture studies, uh, ecclesiology, mission, evangelism, all that good stuff at Northern Seminary. Right. And then I am currently a pastor of mission at a church about two blocks from where we're sitting right now, Renew Church. Very cool. All right. So why don't we just kind of dive right in here? And I, what I'd like to do is to have you share with us the kind of practices you believe really help to shape people into the image of Jesus. Well, um, yeah, I, I've written a couple, couple of manuscripts on that, but I'll stick to one practice, and that is the practice of the table. Awesome. Um, 
and I think to understand the practice of the table and, and discipleship, you have to understand that this is something Jesus did. If you read through the Gospels, it's everywhere. Jesus is always, he's going to, Z- Zacchaeus is in a tree and he ends up sitting at a table in Zacchaeus' house <laughs> yeah. where salvation happens. Levi is struggling and he ends up at a table. He always, he's around a table when he's discipling his disciples and he washes their feet. Uh, so the practice of the table is central. Now that's worked itself out in many different ways over the last 2000 years. Uh, the Roman Catholic tradition begins and, and, and really starts around that Eucharistic table. We can learn much from them about the practice of the table, but it does not end there. It goes into all the various places of our lives. And so um, I'd like to say that, uh, and, I, and I'll, I'll let you fill this out with more questions, but I just like to say that really, I think discipleship uh, begins at a table. Mm. Uh, if, that's, if that could be the summary statement of this little time together, discipleship begins at the table. There are so many dynamics set into motion around a table. And they're centered in the presence of Christ and his promise to be with us at the table. And so, um, yeah, uh, for all of us Protestants and evangelicals who, who probably go to McDonald's too often, uh, you know, uh, we need to understand. <laughs> we need to see <laughs> is really yeah. central to what God's doing in the world. Exactly. Yes. Well, I wholeheartedly agree with you and you may or may not know, but I have been busy with dinner church for several years now and um, I just love this approach. So I think that what I would like to do, because I think that the pushback that we often get from pastors and other church leaders um, around this whole dinner church conversation is exactly what you've already talked about, uh, which is discipleship. And so I wonder if we could back up a little bit and maybe you could um, give us a few moments um, to tell us about your perception of exactly what discipleship is and specifically how that fits at the dinner table and maybe what it looks like at dinner church. Yeah. Um, so, um, Discipleship is the working out of our lives together under the Lordship of Christ. It's figuring out together how to live Mm -hmm. under the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives and in the world. So uh, I think historically, now, please don't get me in the weeds too much here because I I could go on and on with a 52-minute lecture on what happened to do this, but somewhere along the line, we became convinced that discipleship was either listening to a 52-minute sermon, Mm -hmm. taking good notes, and going home and trying to apply what we learned that day for the rest of the week, or studying the Bible ourselves or in a study Bible group, cognitively taking in information and then somehow our brain telling our body what to do. Right. And this is so utterly stupid. <laughs> that was probably not sanctified. It's That's so okay. utterly impossible 
because it doesn't take into account how our bodies, how our souls, mm. how our constitution, our selfhood is shaped by cultural forces right. every day. And so we need another way to shape our whole lives and our whole selves into Jesus and this relationship we have with Jesus and, and the God of the universe through Jesus. Right. We need another way. We need another way. And the table is that way. I've seen therapy groups do a little bit of work. I've seen little triad discipleship groups do a little bit of work. But the table is what changes the dynamics, which make possible uh, God working in and through each other to lead us uh, to a deeper walk with him. Okay, so so what is it about the table that that makes that happen more easily, more comfortably or uh, more appropriately? Yeah. All right. So so. I'm just riffing here. All right. Uh, But. one, when you sit around a table, um, oh man, something changes. Um, like, like there's no posturing anymore when you're sitting around a table. Like, let's say Fitch thinks he's the greatest guy in the world. Fitch thinks he knows everything. Uh, Fitch has a posture about him where he's trying to tell people what to do. He sits at a table. And, and, and now we're all around this table, visually looking at each other, engaging one another. Yeah. It's a relationship that kind of levels everything so that now the second part of this table, the presence of Christ can be manifest. I say before we eat at my house, at a house gathering of our church, uh, we pray and we give thanks for the food. So. Giving thanks opens your hands instead of closes your fists and says, I receive God. Right. And then the second thing we say is, Lord, be present at this table. Be present among us working. Help us to tend to and pay attention to your presence around this table. And those, those dynamics really do change how we relate to it, each other. And sets the table. You hear the phrase all the time. It sets the table for A, B, or C. Sets the table means it opens space for the Holy Spirit to work among us in this dynamic called the table. This is why the table has been central to the Christian faith since day one. Since day one. Uh, And it's taken various forms. I admit that the Roman Catholics have this thing called transubstantiation. They believe the power and the presence of Jesus is so specific, and it is, that maybe they went a little too far in that Reformation dispute and said, actually, the bread and the wine do become his body. Okay, don't get caught up in that, folks. He's present at the table. And and the, and the Anabaptists, we're going to have a potluck meal after church every Sunday. Why? Because that's a practice of the presence of Christ in our life. That's a practice of discipleship. So this table sets the terms, sets the space to do discipleship. And now we can learn from each other. The gifts of teaching can happen in a way that they can't happen anywhere else. The gifts of pastoral care, of prayer, of, of, of in, you know, just listening and knowing and being known. The, this is where the dynamics are set into motion. 
Redeemer Church Collective is a nationwide community of everyday missionaries spreading the word about this simple, effective, and historical approach to starting new churches. We sure hope you'll join us for the Dinner Church Summit, November 9th through the 11th, 2023, in Orlando, Florida. This will be the inaugural gathering of the Dinner Church Collective, and it's your opportunity to be a part of developing a family of pioneers passionate about recapturing this powerful expression of God's kingdom. You will meet colleagues who become friends, you will eat really well, you'll worship heartily, and you'll learn tangible practices for building a Dinner Church movement. Learn more at dinnerchurch.com slash summit. Very good. That was a ramble. Did I get anything close to what your question was? You did. You did. So I, you know, I have a saying that I often use when I'm um, meeting with other churches and trying to convince them of um, dinner church. And I call it the need, need to need discipleship, you know. Um, that happens around that table because you referred to, um, you know, it really just levels the playing field in all ways. We all need food. We all need God. Um, and both of those things show up at that table. Um, and so I wonder, Dave, do you have a couple of stories of experiencing this fellowship and this discipleship around a dinner table that kind of stick with you? Well, uh, just this past week, uh, and this is the kind of thing that happens all the time. Um, you know, uh, so, so dinner church follows some of these basic ideas. Uh, when I have a church, when I have a house gathering around the table in my house, follow the same ideas. We get together, we pray thanks, we we invite the presence, and then we eat, and we learn to listen mm-hmm. to one another. Very important, because most Americans don't know how to listen. Amen. I mean, we don't know how to get out of our way and to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit. But secondly, we discerned uh, the apostles' teaching. We and and my so so I, I read uh, a text uh, which was out of Ephesians from the previous Sunday sermon. You know, that we are chosen, elect in Christ. And I just asked the question, hey, what does it mean? How do you experience being chosen, being mm-hmm. called, mm-hmm. having a purpose that God has for your life? How do you experience that? Okay, we just talked it out because the sermon was good. But, but my goodness, um, a half an hour later, it's all forgotten if we haven't. Yeah processed it so we're processing that and then uh we pray we pray for each other after the end of this time well uh, i'm sitting uh okay and i tell everybody my my dinner church is over at 8 p.m i've got to watch the football game i'm an old canadian my (laughs) football team was on the television and as i'm sitting next to my brother he just says now he's a he's a brand new christian Mm -hmm. and uh just got baptized like a month and a half ago. Mm. And he says, Dave, when am I going to, when is God going to do something in my life? I go, when? Am I, when, when am I going to feel something? When am I going to know? And, and when, when's God going to do something? Now that question um, is taking discipleship from up here 
down here to here. Right. So I got to ask him, well, what do you mean? What are you expecting? Mm. Hey, I want God to do something. Um, and, and we got to kind of deconstruct our expectations of God. And then maybe it's we need to submit to what God is already doing in our lives, but we're not paying attention. We want him to be doing what we want him to do as opposed to what he wants to do and submitting to that. And, but, but that's so foreign and you're not going to learn that in a sermon very well. You have to work it out with someone who has actually been through that and knows how to live that. Well, we've seen, we've seen people's lives change. We've, we've prayed for, so, so, so another person around the table this week is struggling with a job uh-huh. and they're going to lose a job. Well, we pray for that. And Hey, what do you know? We're struggling through. What did you experience when you lost your job five years ago, George? We talked to somebody else and, and somebody else talks about um, how God used a time when they were going through a job change. Oh, all of a sudden we're learning how Jesus can be Lord in the midst of losing a job. Yeah. Now, these are just mundane things, but I've seen people healed from depression. I've seen them healed from suicidal ideation. I've seen them. Mm. I've seen them actually healed physically around and out of the table. I've seen them go through marital conflicts, which maybe didn't get resolved around the table, but there was what we call one-offs where so-and-so met so-and-so from the table at a coffee shop and talked through how they went through their marriage struggles uh, in submission to the Lordship of Christ. So uh, I hope I'm just giving you a little uh, understanding of the dynamics of how God uses the table to disciple us into the fullness of life with Christ. Yes, that that's really rich. I, I really appreciate that. It's what I experience in dinner church and what I just want so many other people uh, to understand as well. So um, I think on that note, um, it's hard, first of all, for Christians who've been churched Christians, the way that we know church for years and years and years, first of all, to kind of process and accept this approach to church. Um, But also, I do think that there are some special skills that people who engage in this dinner church approach need to either acquire or have um, given to them from God. Um, Could you kind of walk us through what is different about... um, the importance and the beauty of sitting in rows or in pews on a Sunday morning and what those people that are used to that experience need to be able to adapt to in a, in the dinner church setting. Hmm. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's a complicated question. It uh, sure is. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. Uh, but um, yeah. Well, what I'll say is that uh, it is really striking to me how uh, a simple invitation to go have a meal Mm -hmm. is so disruptive, scary, um, difficult for a lot of American Christians to do. And I'm talking good I mean, I've been doing this for a while in our churches and good people, but what you want me to go sit across from a table 
and actually talk about myself and what's really going on in my life. And, and this just reveals just how difficult our culture is for, for discipleship. And so, um, I, by the way, I, I, the, the dinner church traditionally has done uh, Verlin Foster's way, attracts people who are to, to the church, to the big meal, attracts people who are hurting, who are broken, who are marginalized, who have nowhere else to go, who are, who are, have broken relationships. Okay. And, and, and so that's, of course, what, what Jesus says, go invite those people, Luke chapter 14 to dinner. That's where it all begins, but everybody needs it, folks. Yeah. Everybody who is, everything's going swell in your life. You haven't lost your job in over 10 years. You have a sizable bank account. Everything's working out. Your family's all in college, whatever. You're living the American dream. You need this and you need it badly to know and understand and encounter the living Christ in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so we need to break through and get comfortable and just explore. Don't my my emphasis to pastors don't don't scare the crap out of your people. Come yeah. over to my house for dinner. Just ex- can you explore what it might look like to be around a table with some people this week? Uh, gently ease them in would be my advice. And then uh, one other comment: learning how to listen to people and yeah. not control people, learning how to open space for the Holy Spirit to work, not you to work, is one of the single best skills we can learn to become the instrument of the kingdom of God in people's lives. And then when God does something, you know, in Luke 10, Jesus says, go sit at the table, go be present to all that's going on, cure the sick, or in other words, pray for the sick, open space for me to cure the sick. And only then, after that, proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, that that's Jesus as Lord in your life. And we just need to open space for him to work. This is a skill we need to learn. And the best place, I think, Mm. is learning it around the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times I think people want this to happen really quickly, really, really quickly. And I don't know that that is the speed with which uh, Jesus called us to love people. Um, you know, we talk about, um, you said that a lot of times these dinner churches focus on, um, people who are hurting and isn't it really true that those of us who don't believe we're hurting are hurting the most, um, maybe because of the speed with which we do life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I really, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and so then Dave, if you, so you're a church planter, but you also engage in dinner church. Um, so what would you say to a pastor, a leader who's feeling called to this has maybe learned a little bit about this? What what would you say, give us some early steps for how we get this moving? Um, well, all right, there, there are, there are different kinds of dinner church there are yeah. different ways to do dinner church um and and frankly um i spend most of my time developing house dinner church mm. places of house fellowship in the neighborhoods you know acts chapter 2 it says they went to the temple but then they met and ate together 
house to house. Mm-hmm. And then he found good favor with all the people. Uh, you know, so, um, but I have friends who hold a large dinner church gathering in a public space. Okay. And then I have other pastor friends who say, you know what? We have a worship team over here. We have a production team over here. We have an evangelism team over here. Can we get these people together for dinner around a table? Mm. Do discipleship? Because all they're doing is working like crazy. Worship just right. Get this just Mm -hmm. right. Do this program just right. Can we get them to sit around Mm -hmm. a table together? And uh, all that to say, it just starts with an invitation. Don't sweat it. Don't get too nervous about, is everything going to go okay? There are three practices here. Can we listen to one another, grow to trust one another around a table? That is going to take time. Two, can we listen to a scripture and discern what that might mean for my life today as I face challenges? and friendships, and spaces for his kingdom? And then lastly, can we pray together? And can you do those three things? That's right out of Acts chapter 2, by the way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Ate together, they discerned fellowship together, they prayed together. Uh-huh. Can we do those things together in a simple way, in whatever way works, and let God work in those simple practices of being in the presence of Christ? Yeah, I love that. You make it so simple. Um you know, and not that not to say that, oh, starting a dinner church is simple, but really it, it just is about inviting God into your relationships with other people and sharing a meal together. And, you know, we have to slow down and sit down to eat um, and, and dinner church causes us to do that. So, yeah, I love that. Um, so sometimes we church people get hung up on, well, what about um, singing and what about liturgies and what about communion and what about baptism? How do you see those all fitting into a dinner church type um, setting? Yeah. Um, So uh, for years I've been writing about the three circles of life Mm -hmm. for a Christian. There is the close circle, which in Acts chapter two, the temple mm-hmm. center of his presence. Uh, here we are all committed to Christ and submitting ourselves to his presence in a place. For most of us, that's Sunday morning. That's where things like we learn how to pray. We learn how to go to the table. We hear the preaching of God's. All that's important, by the way. But then, of course, as I just said, uh, they went from house to house doing these basic things, learning how to reconcile with one another, learning how to eat around a table, learning and discerning the apostles' teaching, learning how to pray. Um, so you're so there's that second circle. And then the third one, by the way, which I really love to talk about, and I'm writing a little uh, piece. Oh, good. Let's hear it. The third circle is the half circle, where Jesus is not yet recognized. Mm. Um. And we must go and be among the hurting and sit and listen with them. Be there with them. Uh, Cooperate, say, at a homeless shelter or in a hospital or a prison or a a, a local bar where there's an ecology of hurting people or, or a common closet. Or go and be among the hurting and listen and let their hurt come out and then discern how God is working and say, I believe that's Jesus. 
working in your life. Can you see it? And then pray with them. And then, so all three circles are part of the Christian's life. Uh, if you ask me, we should get rid of all the programs and just yeah. learn to live Jesus yeah. in these three circles. Yeah. So you're not going to accomplish everything at dinner church that maybe you're used to, but that's not the intent. The right. intent is still go on Sunday morning to your local church gathering and then carry what you learn and gain there into these other two spaces, the space of church as a gathering place around a table and 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 also into the broken spaces of our lives where they have not yet met the, the, the Lord of the resurrection. Awesome. Awesome. That's so great. What a good word. Um, and one just one last thing. Um, how do you see this this whole table theology, this um, this dinner church movement, whatever? What do you, how do you see it? Where do you see it going in the future? Where do I see it going? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I don't I. Yeah, I'm I don't know. I don't know where it's going, but that's a fair answer. I I really do. I talk with literally uh, hundreds of pastors, and and we're sorting this stuff out, folks, and we're realizing we're no longer living in 1952. Right, right. We have to bring church into the neighborhood. Hmm. We have to reach out to those who are lost in a space where they too can meet the living Christ. And this is not really going to be easy. It's, I would even say it's hard to make it into another program at your local church. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this, what's been going on in Vietnam, meeting around the table, a church where the church literally grew by a thousand percent in 35 years. They don't have all the, the impediments that we have Mm -hmm. of a very affluent and very busy and very individualistic society. We've got all those impediments, but we will will shrink until we die unless we become more like the Vietnamese church that grew from 35,000 to a million followers yes. in 30 years by meeting in small places, eating together, praying together, discerning the text together. Uh, that's the best I can give you on that. No, that's wonderful. I love that so much. Well, I feel really blessed to have had you one-on-one today, David, and um, I look forward to hearing from you again, whether that's in books or on podcasts or whatever, and we just, you know, we're really grateful for you and your time this morning. Thanks for listening today. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your Dinner Church story. You can connect with us over at dinnerchurch.com. It's also where you can find a lot of great resources about how to start or sustain your Dinner Church journey. Dinner Church Podcast is brought to you by the Dinner Church Collective and Fresh Expressions. The Dinner Church Collective is a nationwide community of everyday missionaries spreading the word about this simple, effective, and historical approach to starting new churches. We sure hope you'll join us for the Dinner Church Summit November 9th through the 11th, 2023 in Orlando, Florida. This will be the inaugural gathering of the Dinner Church Collective, and it's your opportunity to be a part of developing a family of pioneers who are passionate about recapturing this powerful expression of God's kingdom. You will meet new colleagues who become friends, all while eating well, worshiping heartily, and learning tangible practices for building a dinner church movement. 
Learn more at dinnerchurch.com summit. This season of the Dinner Church podcast is hosted by Heather Evans and J.D. Larson. It's edited by Joel Limbowen and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Dr. Verlin Fosner is the director of Dinner Church Collective and Dr. Chris Backert is the North American director of Fresh Expressions. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and even share this episode on social media. May God bless you as you serve Jesus' kingdom.